In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in Thank you. Beloved in Christ, every time that we're here together, I just want to tell you that I love you. Our bishop once said, the best sermon that you can give is to tell your people, I love you and I pray for you. I love you and I pray for you, amen. <laughs> I hope that that's uh, essentially what every sermon actually says in so many words. It is tempting today to talk about giving money to the church. You heard the epistle reading. It's written in the Law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. Is, an oxen that God, is it for oxen that God's concerned? Does he not speak entirely for our sake? And he's talking about the apostolic ministry. We've been hearing about that in the epistle to the Corinthians. But, um, and we know, we know what we do with our money is a, is a reflection of what we value. It is a, an extension of what we believe to be true, what we truly believe in. And so, of course, to give some money to the church to keep, keep it going is a part of our spiritual life. But uh, many of you know that. So I don't need to berate you like St. Paul felt the need to berate the Corinthians. Today I want to talk about forgiveness. You also heard this harrowing gospel reading today. It's a, it's a parable that the Lord used to try to, to try to reveal something about the heart of men. A parable that he used in order to reveal the, the illness of hypocrisy that is the byproduct of sin. And hypocrisy is the result of our difficulty, of our unwillingness to reveal the wound that needs to be healed. Hypocrisy is our attempt to hide the wound within us that needs to be healed. And the wound that really needs to be healed is the heart of man. So the Lord attacks hypocrisy all the time. And many of you, many of you know, one of my favorite sermons in a sentence is also this. The exhortation, mercilessly persecute hypocrisy within yourself. That's part of our therapy. And the Lord's trying to show us how. As if he doesn't know how tricky we are. He knows. It's like, we don't, who cares if you save face in the eyes of the world? The world, the world is not the one who loves you the way that he loves you. The world is not the one that can heal you in the way that only our Savior can heal you. This man begged for forgiveness. 
He owed a large debt. What is money in the grand scheme of things? He begged for forgiveness. And he was granted it. He got his way. But his wound was not healed. And he went. And he used his wound to inflict a wound on another person who did the same exact thing to him as he had done to his Lord. Please forgive me. Give me a little more time. Get out of my face, he said. And you know what? He's lucky that his Lord found out and threw him in jail because otherwise he would not have learned his lesson. And he would have fallen into the deception that the world wants us to fall into. Get your way. It doesn't matter. As long as you're not the one thrown in prison. That's not true because we are imprisoned by our sins and our passions. I was reminded of, there are some stories in the Orthodox tradition that are part of the, we could say kind of the canon, the, you know, the essential collection of, of teachings on the spiritual life. And I want to share a couple of those with you today. Some of the most famous tricky, enigmatic, but also pointed sayings and teachings that we find come in the collection of the writings of the Desert Fathers, called the Sayings of the Desert Fathers. I want to share a story with you, very famous, but some of you may not have heard it, and I think it's wonderful to hear, and not just to hear, but to apply, from the story of Abba Moses. They use the term Abba, an endearing term for the elders, the fathers who lived in the desert of northern Egypt. Toward the second, often toward the second half of the first millennium. And this little story goes like this. This is about Abba Moses, known as Moses the Black or Moses the Ethiopian, who was an infamous robber and murderer even, and by repentance came to live an incredible life. Many people sought him out for his guidance. A little brotherhood surrounded him. And the story goes like this, a brother at Skitis, which was an area in northern Egypt, a brother at Skitis committed a fault. A council was called to which Abba Moses was invited but he refused to go to it. Then the priest sent someone to say to him, come for everyone is waiting for you. So he got up and went. He took a leaking jug, filled it with water and carried it with him. The others came out to meet him and said to him, what is this father? The old man, Abba Moses said to them, My sins run behind me, and I do not see them. And today I'm coming to judge the errors of another. When they heard that, they said no more to, to the brother, but forgave him. While I was contemplating this, I was thinking about 
This is your pop culture reference for the year. I don't, I, I don't do many pop culture references, although I do some pop culture references to maybe about the popular culture of the fifth century. But, but I was thinking about this. What if someone called me to, what would I do if someone called me to stand in, in judgment of another person? And I remembered this, uh, I remembered this story uh, from, a, from this clip from a movie. A guy steering a ship keeps looking back. What are you, what are you looking at? I happened to look back and Sosing was there. You know that reference? Inconceivable, the guy says. And it turns out the driver of the ship looks back and he says, he sees a ship coming behind them. This is from The Princess Bride, one of my favorite movies. And I, I was thinking, that's me with my sins. I happen to look back and while I have been forgiven of them, they are behind me. They're part of the path that I've tread. Who am I to pretend that they're not there? And you know, the world would have me say, inconceivable, there's nothing, just move forward. But I have to bring that to bear on any, any judgment that I think that I can cast on another person. And so the teaching that I want you to hear today is this, this simple teaching. If you want to know the love of Jesus, then you must forgive. You cannot be forgiven if you will not or do not forgive. If you want to know the love of Jesus, then you must forgive. We experience His forgiveness not only by receiving it, but by bestowing it. Love isn't only about receiving, but love is about giving. Same with forgiveness. And good luck trying to understand even an ounce of what God's love is if you're not willing to explore forgiveness. To accept God's forgiveness is the beginning. Otherwise, I have no ground to stand on. To accept God's forgiveness, this is to believe that His ability to save is not bound by my sins. The abundance of God's mercy is greater even than the abundance of all of man's sin combined, let alone only yours or mine. To accept God's forgiveness and then in return to live a, a humble and compunctionate life of repentance. We accept the consequences of our sins, but no longer seeking to exercise the right to punish ourselves for our sins. Did you hear that? No longer exercising the right to punish ourselves for the sins of our past. Give them to God. Give the mistakes of the past to Him as an unworthy offering that He will purify and make it as something beautiful. Another important thing to mention is that we can't approach the chalice if we haven't forgiven. If we have resentments, if we have people that we have not forgiven, because when we approach the one body and the one cup, we're proclaiming our desire for unity not only with Christ, but with one another, unconditionally, and we're proclaiming our desire for unity 
with the entire creation. So if I stand in judgment and, I've, and I'm refusing forgiveness, then I better not approach. Now there are, it's true, there are unexamined places within your mind. We're constantly asking God, by the grace of His Holy Spirit, to reveal to me what it is that needs to be healed. Who it is that I need to forgive. That is a work that He, if you were able to see perhaps all of the resentments that you hold within you, then you, you might be drawn to despair. But God, who is the good healer and lover of mankind, will reveal to you in time those things deep within yourself, and especially those resentments and those people that you've neglected to forgive and those people whom you've neglected to ask forgiveness of. Our Savior teaches, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. And when you approach the Holy Chalice, you receive the body and blood of Christ. Yeah, but you're bringing your, your, the gift of your whole life. To forgive is not to condone the sin of another. Because if you were to condone, it would mean that there would be no need for forgiveness. So to forgive is not to condone, but again, to admit the woundedness and to begin the process of healing from that woundedness. That only God can heal. And how did He heal? By giving us the lesson of forgiveness Himself. To forgive is to free oneself of being defined by offenses of all kinds. We do not have to be defined by being offended. Our Savior would have every right to be offended. He was the perfect lover of mankind, selfless, the healer. And we explore that during the hymns of Holy Week. I could quote at length several passages, but you'll just have to look forward to Holy Week because there, Holy Week teaser. Be there, you will come to understand the rich love of God, but the selfless humility and the forgiveness of our Savior. He had every right to shatter his offenders like a potter's vessel, but instead he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many times have you caught yourself saying, she knew what she was doing. He knew what he was doing when he said that to me. Do they really? Do they understand the mystery of iniquity at work within them? The deceit of the devil? Now I'm not saying that they're absent of free will. But what did our Savior say? Yeah, they know they're putting me to death. He said, forgive them. He's our model of radical humility and true freedom and forgiveness. Strike that from your vocabulary. She knew what she was doing. He knew what he was saying. God grant me to know them and to forgive them. And I'm going to give you a task for this week. And I hope it carries throughout your entire life. But start here. Sit down. 
for a little bit this week. Don't wait until Friday or Saturday night. Tonight or tomorrow, do it. Sit down. Lord Jesus Christ, lover of mankind, by the grace of your Holy Spirit, reveal to me any resentments hidden in my heart. Grant me the boldness and the courage to know how to approach them, how to make amends. Beloved, if you seek reconciliation with those against whom you've been holding resentment, you will find that what follows is the undoing of many other knots in your life, many other addictions and passions that are a lot of times the byproduct of those relationships that you've bound up in resentment. But when you choose to free yourself of those, then you become free to pray, become to free to exercise your creative capacity of a human, as a human person. You're not in a straitjacket anymore. Write a list of those whom you know you've held resentment against. And I'm not telling you just call them right away and say, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but prepare yourself to try to make amends with them. Reach out to them, even if they don't understand why. And if you need to talk about it with me, please, we can talk about what that would look like. And also, ask God to reveal who it is that I've offended. Is there anyone of whom I need to ask for forgiveness? Not only who I need to forgive, who do I need to ask forgiveness of? And then I pray that God grant you the courage to reach out to them. Start this week and then do it, let it be your MO. Carry it through for the rest of your life. Unburden yourself of it for the rest of your life. And know Jesus. You will know Jesus by doing that. I end with a, one more story, a short story from the sayings of desert, the Desert Fathers, very much like the Abba Moses story. This is by, about Abba Pior. Still in Upper Egypt, there was at that time a meeting at Skidus about a brother who had sinned. The father spoke, but Abba Pior kept silence. Later he got up and went out. He took a sack, filled it with sand, and carried it on his shoulder. He put a little sand also into a small bag which he carried in front of him. So he had a big sack with sand on his back, with sand coming out, holding sand in front of him as well. And when the fathers asked him what this meant, he said, in this sack, which contains much sand, these are my sins, which are many. I put them behind me so as not to be troubled about them and so as not to weep. And see here in front of me are the little sins of my brother which are in front of me. And I spend my time judging them. This is not right. I ought rather to carry my sins in front of me and concern myself with them, begging God to forgive me for them. The father stood up and said, Truly, this is the way of salvation. Amen.